Recorded live from deep in the heart of Texas, welcome to the Clover Tech Podcast with another conversation that brings together the firearm industry and community. Are you ready? Hope so, because here we go. What's up, crew? Welcome to another Clover Tech Podcast powered by our friends over at Anderson Manufacturing. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about them uh, here shortly. Uh, and we are recording on uh, February 17th, this one, 2024, live with our YouTube channel members. So hello to all the YouTube channel members out there. Uh, remember, if you have uh, questions for our guests, that sort of thing, moving forward, I throw them out there in the chat. If you're not a YouTube channel member and you'd like to be so you can catch these live, so you can ask questions of our guests, uh, all of that cool stuff, uh, jump over on YouTube, check out the CloverTech channel down uh, below somewhere there'll be a little button that says join click that and uh, yeah you're off to the races uh, if you are joining us in replay obviously welcome and uh, you can uh, participate too wherever you're watching listening there's probably a uh, comment section down below so hit that thing up uh, excited about this one today uh, we've got uh, Mike from Ransom International or Ransom Rest and we've had him on years ago but uh i finally got uh mike back in the house thanks for uh joining us today buddy appreciate it oh awesome it's a pleasure to be with you and see you again and and just bump some elbows and thanks for having me right always a uh, always a pleasure uh i want to give you a, a few minutes i mean obviously i'm aware of who you are and ransom international and all the cool things that you guys have done for years and years now uh, but I want to give you just a minute. Uh, give us, for those that don't know out there, the rundown of you know who you are. What is Ransom International? What are the Ransom Rest? And uh, what all are you guys doing? Boy, you know that's a subject I could just talk on and on about. Um, obviously, yes, my passion being Ransom Rest. Ransom started in the '60s. Um, it was Chuck Ransom. He was a bullseye shooter, one-handed, 50 yards. And he wanted to know if it was him, the gun, or the ammo. Why couldn't he hit the broadside of the barn? Um, so he invented the handgun testing machine, the ransom rest. Actually, you can see a photo of it right there. Um, <clears throat> removes all human error out of handgun testing, the ammo. Uh, tells you if it's your gun, your barrel, your ammo. Um, for reloaders out there, there's nothing better if you're loading your own ammo. Or even for those who just want to see, uh, dial in their sights or optics or red dot. Um, Nothing, nothing better than that. Chuck Ransom, like I said, was a bullseye shooter. He Once he invented the Master Series Rest, it is now known as the industry standard. Not because we say so, but because the military says no firearm goes into service without a Ransom Rest test. So whether you guys like it or not, when SIG won the contract, it was that machine doing the test. Um, right. You know, uh, he went on to invent the tri-legged rifle rest. Many clones, copies, or duplicates out there today of that tri-legged rifle rest. But he was uh, the original. He patented it, invented it. Um, ours is big, beefy, heavy. If you want to see an original, touch original, you'll know there's a clear-cut difference. Um, we went on to do a forensic ballistic machine, a rifle testing machine. Um, in fact, uh, FCSA 50 Cal Shooter Association world record for best shot group at 1,000 yards was done off our rifle rest. So now you kind of know why everybody I kind of cloned, copied, or duplicated our rifle rest. But um, right. there is a clear difference to the original. Um, yeah, and then you use our multi-caliber rest. Thanks for purchasing Ooh. that, using that. 
that's a great item. Those are for those, um, you know, you're watching your budget. You don't want to necessarily buy a $500 testing machine. It's only $500. He believed to keep the cost under a good grade, a price of a good grade gun. Um, so 500 bucks um, plus a grip insert, you're out about $600 to start your handgun testing. People's always like, it's way expensive. It's a lifetime product. Once you have one, it's out there for life. In fact, uh, I, I see them on eBay being sold for next to today's price. Like back in the 80s, they oh, sold yeah. for $300 and you'll catch them on eBay for 500 bucks. And it's like they're actually making money on that machine. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's not because we say we're awesome. It's just every <laughs> gun manufacturer out there uses it. You mentioned Anderson Manufacturing. They're actually one of our customers. You know, nice. Walk, CZ, Dan Wesson. They all use our machine. Uh, where else is somebody going to go? I mean, I, you know, that's the thing. Um, we appreciated that when uh, we interviewed you at SHOT Show, and uh, we appreciated you mentioning that. What else are they going to use? Nobody does what you do. That's awesome. Thanks for saying that. Not, at the, not with the not with the attention to detail and the quality, right? And, and when you're talking about taking out the error, as you were talking about, the human error, you have to have that attention to detail. You have to have that quality. If you don't, then it's like, okay, is this happening because of human error or is it because in, because of inferior materials or inferior design, right? So Absolutely. Absolutely. And the beauty of it is it's, it duplicates the human. So it holds, fires, and recoils like the human. And uh, it's repeatable to the end user. The military, FBI, DOJ, they, they all say it's the only machine that duplicates the human. So me and you know a machine shot would be useless if not duplicatable offhand. So you can right. rest assured that once you do your ransom rest test, you can then pull the gun and duplicate that offhand. It's the machine that's going to tell you I'm pulling to the six o'clock or the three o'clock position. It's right. the machine to tell you, you know, three and a half inch at 15 yards and then just ammo change, get it down to a one inch hole. And people right. say all the time, why would you do a ransom rest test? I know my gun's more accurate than I am. I think Hickok 45, if I can mention him, he says, I'd never need a reason to put my gun in a ransom rest. You need to just learn how to shoot your gun. That's a wrong attitude to have because I could take a stock gun, stock ammo, and like I said, get three and a half inch at 15 yards away. And just with ammo change, get it down to a one inch hole. No barrel's right. the same. No ammo's the same. If you're a reloader or you just want to see what your gun does, you call a gun manufacturer and right. say, your gun don't shoot. <clears throat> the gun manufacturer is going to say, bull crap, you can't shoot. But you call right. the gun manufacturer and say, your gun don't shoot. And they're going to be like, yeah, right. What? Why? Well, I tested it in a ransom rest. I verified my procedures right. Your gun is not shooting. They're going to see, send it back to me. I'm going to fix right. it because they know they've received that letter from the manufacturer. Or they've received that letter from Homeland Security that says they require every gun that goes into service to be tested in a ransom rest. So you call a manufacturer and say, your gun don't shoot. They're going to be like, yeah, right. And you say, you tested in a ransom rest. They're going to be like, oh. Okay, because they know that's the standard, um, not because we say so, but because the federal government and Homeland Security and DOJ and FBI say so. So right, right. Uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, the military testing with the with the ransom rest. How long has that been a thing now? Oh man, that goes way back into the seventies and eighties. In fact, when Beretta won the contract, um, it was the ransom rest doing the testing. Um, when Sick won the contract, when Glock had the contract with the police. It was the ransom rest doing the testing. Um, wow. Yeah, the Breda M9 92FS, uh, the 92FS, that was on a ransom rest. 
Um, and then the new one when they wanted a modular uh, gun and everybody says they don't understand why the Glock didn't win or otherwise. I myself received all these guns when they were secret. Um, the world's erupting hearing about a Glock Gen 5, wondering what it looks like. I'm kind of chuckling over here because there was two in the United States and I had one of them. Glock's calling me saying, you know, you have the only other Glock in the whole United States. And I'm like, hey, we're hurrying. We're, we're trying to make the inserts for it. Um, right. And the inserts are the durometer of the human hand. So it gives a little bit. And then it's kind of hard, like muscle and bone, like your flesh. So the first few milliseconds are absorbed in the insert before the machine's even able to recoil. Um, and so we were making the insert for that testing. We had the Beretta, the Glock. Um, two, there, you know, there was a lot of them we had coming through our system. Um, I right. actually thought Beretta was going to win again. I, I, I was kind of impressed by the APX at the time. And uh, I was not super impressed by the SIG. I was like, okay, I'm not impressed by this. Um, I've always liked Glock. I'm not a super Glock fanboy, but I was like, okay, a Glock's a Glock. Hey, this thing's pretty neat. But the Beretta looked like, hey, this thing might win. <clears throat> and then uh, the SIG one, I was quite surprised. But keep in mind, the, there's a lot of things. Trigger pull, how it feels oh, yeah. in the hand, uh, and then the accuracy, repeatability, the ransom rest. Um, the mud test, I mean, they, they go through a gauntlet, and only one of the tests is a ransom rest. But they had to require, uh, for marksmanship, I think it's two and a half inch at 50 yards. Wow. For the military test, I think it was four and a quarter or four and a half at 50 yards. So the SIG had to beat four and a half at 50 yards. I know some of them did not do it, and the SIG pretty well smoked a lot of them. And wow. so he was like, they don't understand why the SIG won. Well, there, there's reasons for that, for whatever reason. Um, you know, I, I didn't make the decision. The military did. Um, I know a lot of people aren't happy with SIG for winning. Um, but the NGSW program, Next Generation Squad Weapon, we were involved with that since back 2016 as well. It oh, was wow. tested cool. in our Mega 2 rifle tester as well. Right. So that's the, the rifle machine is the one that holds, fires, and recoils the rifle. Um, kind of removes human error on the rifle testing. Um right. But yeah, you got to have that standard of testing and not to ramble on. Like I said, I can ramble on a lot about oh, you're fine. But, um, it, it removes all that question, all that variable, all that uh, error. And NRA magazine published an article quite a few years ago. And they said, since the invention of a ransom rust, they will not come solely out as Rifleman magazine. They will not give sole credit to ransom, international ransom rust. But since the invention of a ransom rest and the ability to test the gun, the ammo, um, the accuracy and the repeatability, guns and ammo have gotten more accurate since the 60s uh, oh, yeah. for the last 55, 60 years. Um, they will not solely credit ransom for all of that. But since the invention of the ransom rest and the ability to test these guns, guns and ammo have just gotten inherently more accurate. And we see that across the whole right. industry. I That was a blessing to read that. And they, they actually went on and said, if you're 60 years old and older, you know what a ransom rest is. They used to coin, ransom rest used to be a household name, they said. This was in their article. Ransom rest used to be a household name. They used to coin phrases like, that man's a walk in ransom rest. Um, but if you're 50 years old and younger, you may not know what a ransom rest is. And I was like, wow, it was a great article. And they said uh, that they have kind of, since that platform, you... Uh, Guns and ammo have gotten inherently more accurate, and they won't give sole credit to us, but clearly since that invention, uh, the industry has went that way. 
Um, and at SHOT Show, I saw you at SHOT Show. We were just wandering around filming our customers and such good things they said about us. I shared a small video snippets of them and I'm sharing the interviews. Your interview will be up soon, but you're even in the snippet video. Um, I had to remove all reference of guns and all reference of ammo. I even had to remove the reference of the manufacturer they were with just so I could share the snippet and advertise right. with it because we're shadow banned like everyone else and we don't have deep pockets for advertising. So you can't go in, you can go everywhere and see one of those green China imported rests or, you know, some of China imported rests because they have deep pockets for advertising. Right. We're just the American original doing our job. And so yeah. I, I filmed all these little snippets of our customers going, you know, the industry standard, uh, all guns get tested in a ransom rest. You say, what else are they going to use? That that was a blessing. So we shared that video just so people can get to know us again. Because if you're 40 years old, 50 years old, you probably don't know us. You, right. You're like, what is a ransom rest? And you have you have the industry grade out there saying they couldn't even be a writer. They couldn't even be a gun reviewer without using a ransom rest. And you have a bunch of YouTubers now who don't even use it, don't even know who we are. Don't it's kind of interesting how the trends went. Yeah, right. No, exactly. Um, now, this is a point Ghost Tactical out there. Uh, one of our channel members says technology has improved dramatically in the last 50 years. Being able to consistently test absolutely has changed the game. So that goes to what you were saying a second ago that they can't give, you know, ransom rest sole credit. But sole credit can go to ransom rest because, you know, you guys have the have the hardware, have the equipment, have what it takes to, to go sit, do that consistent testing so that manufacturers can make things more. Yeah, they're doing the work at, at the R&D and, you know, the, the what am I thinking, the, the manufacturing process and machine tolerances and all of these different things with the firearms that they're building, sure. But in, unless they can put that into something that has that repeatability, that takes out all of the human error, that takes out all of the guesswork so that they can go, okay, wait, hold on a minute. This needs to be better. We need to go tweak our machines a thousandth year or whatever it might be. Um, without that hardware, the accuracy doesn't, doesn't happen, you know? So there's lots of people to credit for that, but without that, that equipment on the equipment, testing equipment side, it, there's no doubt you guys are the, the sole reason for that. It, it yeah, there's other ways to check ammo. I mean, you got powder measures, you got, I mean, there's machines you can make that just shoot the bullet. Um, what good is that? If it's not duplicatable to the end user, what good is that? You got uh, barrel testing machines. We've made some of these barrel testing machines for some manufacturers mm -hmm. under NDA, non-disclosure agreements. And we know quite a few of these manufacturers are just, okay, we're going to test our barrels. Um, and, and then you got, you know, your lower grip modules and stuff. There's a lot that goes into a gun, but when you put it all together, you want to know what the whole platform uh, runs. A motor is only so good, but once the motor's in the car, you want to know how the car does and then the traction does. Um, Science is only so good, but then there's real-world testing, real-world environment. That's what we say on our channel. Real-world right. testing, real-world environment. We don't pull our shots. Um, that's just the way it is. So um, it's nice working with these gun manufacturers. It's humbling to talk to the top brass of the military. I'll be in here working, and somebody from Quantico, Virginia will call, and the FBI, I'll be in here working. And, uh, you know, um, top brass of the military, the Navy will call. You're talking to some general. It's like, wow, that's kind of humbling. Um, I get an email when Trump was in office. I get an email, the real Donald Trump. And how do I get a couple of these? And I'm like, well, if this is the real Donald Trump, you get it like anyone else, you give us a call. <laughs> and right. I didn't have an online store at the time because we like being old school. We like talking to our customers. Right. But this email, you know, realdonaldtrump.com or whatever, 
and he says, you know, he, how do I get a couple of the multi cows, which is what you use um, on Clover Attack. And I said, well, if you are him, you get it like anyone else, you give us a call. Next thing you know, Trump Jr. is calling us. And I'm like, uh, well, hey, I, I wasn't trying to be a dick. <laughs> and, or I was a dirt. Right. and he's like, no, no, no. And he gave me a cell phone and I shipped it to Trump Tower. Great, humbling guy. We were, you know, it, it was neat. So it's impressive of the people we talk to, uh, right. the who's who of the industry, I say, because it really is. I talked to the top uh, top engineers at Glock, the top engineers at Beretta, the top engineers at SIG. And it's like, wow. I mean, people who know way more about guns than I do. Uh, right. Way more. I don't pretend. People say, well, why don't my gun shoot? I don't freaking know. Don't ask me. I'm not a gunsmith, and I'm not going to pretend <laughs> to be a gunsmith. I don't want to be a gunsmith. I stick right. within my testing realm. I can tell right. you if the gun shoots or not, and I can tell you the standards that you can decide that. And that's what's beauty about it in today's world. It's a DIY. You get it. You test it. You do it. Um, right. Don't let them pull the wool over your eyes. There's a common wool today, like every rifle sub MOA and all these rifles are quarter MOA. You see it all on the YouTube channel. And these people are getting guns and they say, oh, this thing's awesome or that rifle's awesome. I hate to say it, but almost they're being paid to say so. Um, yeah. You know, if you really want to know, you put it in a ransom rest. It, it's right. literally that standard. And not all guns are sub MOA. Not all rifles are sub MOA. It's a big joke now in the industry. A couple of questions that I've got. Out well, first of all, Ghost having a little fun, so we'll read his. He says, how does it feel? This one's for you. He says, being on a podcast with a host who is still wearing PJs. Um, these are not my PJs, first of all. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a hoodie. It's it's camo PJ. If it is, uh, <laughs> it I want could some be. of those. It could be PJs. <laughs> I want um, some of those. <laughs> um, you, you know, you're talking about the folks that you know, and, and being in the business that you're in, two things i want to i want to hit on here but first since you were talking about the folks you get to meet in the industry these high level engineers these other things has knowing these high level people be it military be it engineers for companies whatever have those helped to refine the the design of the rest at all over the years are there things that have come from them needs that they had in the rest or something like that that has helped to improve things as time has went along i suppose i mean we learn a lot from them right but, yeah that's kind of what i'm getting you know in their needs and their requirements uh the rifle testing machine came from literally their request the military asking for a rifle testing machine um and literally begging chuck ransom to make one um Chuck reluctantly agreed after Joan Ransom, his wife, says, hey, we're doing this to try to make a living. Um, it's not just a hobby, a bullseye shoot. You know, you do this for fun, but we do this as a company uh, to make a living. And so they were basically saying, hey, we'll write the check. Well, how many zeros do you want? Make the right. machine. And he's like, ah, it's just impossible to hold every rifle, every stock, the length of it, the way your hand goes where the trigger is, uh, all the various stock, it's almost impossible. And uh, there's so much nuance, floating barrel, not floating barrel, you know, tactical, that he just really didn't want to dive into it. And they're like, please do it. And so he finally reluctantly agreed with lots of pressure. And then he abruptly died um, less than 60 days after he started. Um, it took us a lot of bearing, a lot of, a lot of time to get our bearings back straight 
And then that was one of the things I wanted to bring into fruition was that rifle testing machine. But for the most part, to answer your question, not a whole lot has influenced uh, the ransom rest machine. I mean, it, it's basically stood the test of time. And that's nice. amazing. Um, right. You look at the 1968, the refined one, there is some from 65 and 67. And I can show you what that one looks like, but it's actually a 1911 holds to the magazine of a 1911 it literally goes into the magazine well okay and locks yeah. in and your your uh single rolling uh the ammo in it won't cycle mm -hmm. and we quickly realized that that auto cycle induces a huge variable dropping yeah. the slide racking the slide the forces applied are not the same as when the gun auto cycles um so that was a good test but it was not a definitive real world test so we had to come up with grip inserts that hold the hand grip of the gun. And then you can change the magazine out and try different right. ammo. Um, but so from 1968 to current, the machine's the same. You can, few cosmetic errors or few cosmetic changes. We now have red spring knob or the trigger bar changed a little bit, but it is absolutely dimensionally the same as the original patent. It right. is, it is uh, quite interesting um, on the ransom rest. Um, so they influenced the rifle testing machine. Um, pressure of the industry caused the rifle rest. Uh, you need a rifle rest. So that's where the rifle master came from. I always say there's only one rifle master and that's ransom rest. Um, we are the rifle master. Uh, right. You know, so they influence that. But as far as the changes go, it's amazing how a good design just holds the test of time. We designed the remote. So now we have a cable remote and then a pneumatic and electronic uh, due to demand and in question but the machine itself uh the one sorry on that side it's solid it's it's the same as the 60s um right. and you always say you got to run it over with a mac truck to render it inoperable um right. and we service them i have the rifle rest if i can go back to the rifle rest back in christmas not this christmas it was a year before a guy calls us and say his dad gave him the rifle rest and his son's graduating college and he wants to give the rifle rest to his son and it's been used and abused for two generations. And he wow. wants to give it to his son for graduating college. And he says, uh, you know, back in the day, it was oil-based paint. He, he wants to send it in, upstrip it down, uh, powder coat it all, make it look brand new. And I'm like, do it, send it in. So for 150 bucks, we took this old uh, rifle master two generations ago, refurbed it, made it brand new again, shipped it to him. And he said his son was ecstatic, gave it to him for Christmas, third generation rifle rest. That's third all. generation i mean yeah. how can you go wrong with that and even the yeah. rifle rest pretty well looks like today um huge quality difference i mean there's no swap you listen to our minor column you can hear it our major column you know people copied the design and the engineering the bag rails and stuff but there's a whole lot more engineering behind our rifle rest that they just didn't fathom and people online you go that looks like that so i'll buy this one once you get it in hand you're like there's nothing they can compare there's well, no difference you know when you when you deal with companies that that are copying something here's the problem if they did not develop that if they do not invent that if that's not their original concept the the problem that you run into or that i think that you run into with a company that tries to copy something is they see a design right and they can copy that design but the problem is if they don't understand why it was designed that way in the first place yeah there are certain little nuances to that design that they may miss. They may get it dimensionally correct, 
but there's certain things maybe with the material or, or maybe slight tolerances or something of that nature. And so that really goes back to you have to be the brain that that invented it to know why it is the way it is. Yeah, and I mean, I think that, is, that, that's why you see a difference between the copies and the originals a lot of time. They're close, but at the end of the day, they're not the same. No, they they orientate the minor column with their locking knob. Uh, ours is keyed. It has a keyway in there. Um, and then they have like a plastic hand wheel or, or even aluminum hand wheel. Ours is cast iron. Ours is a vibration dead cast iron. Um, so it's it's an interesting casting of a whole lot of interesting. Like when you hit something, it rings like a tuning fork. Ours don't do that. It's a vibration dead cast iron. Uh, the whole goal is to eliminate vibration and harmonics, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll actually, sorry, I said that wrong because you cannot eliminate vibration and harmonics. You just need to repeatably control it, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so um, trying to eliminate some of these variables is what it's about. So we key the column. We have a major and a minor column. They're both keyed. We have a bearing underneath our elevation column. Our, I seen a rifle rest company that sells a, a one of their leveling feet and they sell it separately as a precision leveling foot. Ours is single point threaded from the beginning. You can literally use our foot. It, it is so precise that there's no wiggle, not even in our three leveling feet. Uh, wow. why, do you, why do you think it was used for so many years? I had a guy call me and say he's competed bench rest shooting for his entire life. And it wasn't until he got into a heavy gun over 30 caliber, he started seeing ransom rest all over the benches. He's like, wow. And then he gets into um, long range past 600 yards. He says ransom rest starts dominating, dominating the benches. Sure. Then he gets into a thousand yard and 50 BMG. And he says all top three placements for world championship was running a ransom rest. He had his butt handed to him. He needs to get a ransom rest. And he <laughs> says, I didn't even know you invented one. And I was like, until you get up to those heavy guns and over 30 caliber, you know, I mean, you, you start shooting 300, wind mag, 308, you know, I mean, sure, a six millimeter, five, five, six, something that don't weigh much or hit hard, you know, they did well by offering an inexpensive version. I'll be honest, we should have. We should have offered an inexpensive version. That's why you got the multi-cal. Um, right. they, they handed our butt to us because Chuck did not want to cheapen the brand, cheapen the name. He should have offered an inexpensive version. Uh, you know, those other companies did well by offering an inexpensive version. We should have. So I'm not talking bad about them. They did well. They saw a need in the market and they catered to the shade guy. I myself always used to say, why would you buy a rifle master if you're not a bench rest shooter? If all you right. got to do is zero your optic on a weekend, I yeah. get it. Why yeah. buy a four or $500 rifle rest? A hundred dollar one's really appealing. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hate yeah. to say it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let me, uh, let me jump, uh, hang tight just for a minute, Mike. Yeah. I want to, uh, uh, kick this over and, uh, give a shout out. Say thanks to Anderson manufacturing and all the guys over there, uh, obviously powering the podcast here for the early 2024 season. Uh, and, uh, I point to it every podcast, but boom, there's the AM nine right there. A uh, little nine millimeter carbine. Anderson has their frontline series that just released, uh, complete with uh, M-Lock stuff, even OG quad rail stuff, if you're into that. Uh, all different barrel links, rifle, pistol configurations. Uh, Anderson has a lot of cool things. Don't forget about the Kiger uh, handguns, several variants uh, in the Kigers. Bolt action soon to come. So uh, just a quick shout out, uh, of course, and thank you to 
Anderson Manufacturing. Uh, let's. I want to. I want to hit back. I want to backtrack just a second. I do want to talk about the multi cal steady rest, Mike, because um, I think that is the entry level entry point. A lot of the gun tubers out there, a lot of the shade tree guys, the the avid farm enthusiasts. I think that's. I think that's a great option. <clears throat> you know, for those, for those folks, not everybody, as you said, has a need for the really high end stuff. Now, if you're a dealer or manufacturer, something like that, 100%, get on board and, and, and look at that stuff. Um, but before we do, you mentioned how, you know, a lot of people are not, not younger generations are not familiar with ransom. And so they may not be familiar with the whole concept. Um, I've seen some vices shooting vices out there that are actually dangerous because you know a lot of people don't know they may be new to shooting or whatever you can't just take a couple of wood blocks and clamp a firearm into a, a bench vice and pull the trigger on it like things don't work that way you're gonna right you're gonna tear stuff up you've got to have that it's got to be able to recoil like you say the slide needs to be able to articulate on a handgun even on a long gun you need that little bit of a bounce that little bit of recoil um, what are some of the things that, that can happen to a firearm? Are you going to damage your firearm? Like, do you know what can happen if you was to do something like that and, and oh. actually clamp it down into a vice? 100%. Even those tripods that you see all these rifles being clamped into, that's just not duplicatable. I mean, I guess if you're always shooting the rifle in that tripod and it's clamped to the fore end of that rifle and you see them, all the hunting world has just soaked them up. Um, and a lot of them are imported. They're not even American-made products. So we're sending our good-earned money overseas to some country that doesn't even allow firearms uh, because somebody here designed something and then has it made over yeah. there. And then you're sending your money over there, and then you're clamping your rifle into this tripod. Um, I see them all over the place. It will change the vibration harmonics and otherwise of your rifle. Um, it's kind of interesting how... Uh, well, at least not, with those, at least with those, with my experience with the with the tripods, and I've and I've shot off the tripods quite a bit. Uh, first of all, when you're looking at the precision repeatability aspect, if you're talking about a hunting scenario where that stable. game animal, that game game yeah. animal is a six to eight inch, you know, kills on. I mean, you got you, you've got enough there. Like it's not going to change it. Most likely, ammo is correct and other things. You know, you're not going to have that big of an issue. The other thing, though, is there's a big difference between a tripod and mounting that tripod in a situation where it doesn't move at all. Um, the tripods that I run, I always use them in a position where I still have Thank that you. movement. I still yeah. have that little bit of absolutely. Um, and that's what I was getting at. A lot of people don't realize. They think if you can just tighten everything and bolt everything down where it doesn't move at all and it's like no that's not the way this works and it's the same with the master series rest that there's a couple companies just 3d printing or making the own grip inserts and they're hard you can't do that the first few milliseconds of shot is absorbed in the insert right before the machine's actually even able to recoil so yep. the durometer of the insert is super important you can't just use hard inserts by companies right. who just say hey, i'll 3d print them or whatever they're capitalizing on an industry. I mean, and that's a lot of products out there just capitalize on the industry. They want you to buy the latest and greatest, the next greatest thing, the next greatest rifle rest. So you were asking, how has our product changed sometimes? 
sometimes you can't change a will from a a, a Volvo to a Chevy, you know, or a Ford F one fifty. You can't do it. I mean, they all look the same. So I get why the Wright brothers lost the lawsuit by saying by the Supreme Court back in what was it World War One, World War Two, by saying you're hindering an industry um, because if if this doesn't become public information and everybody has to pay you a royalty for every airplane they make, you're hindering innovation. You're hindering us moving forward. So you don't reinvent the wheel just because you made an F-150 out, out, you know, out of a right. Volvo or something, you know, uh, you know, so they all, you know, it goes back to things look the same and sometimes you just can't improve on, on the situation. Um, so we're tried and true and that's why well, we yeah. with it. And going back to Anderson, I know you mentioned Anderson Manufacturing a little bit. I love those guys over there. They're great. They they use our rifle testing machine. They use our Master Series handgun rest. Uh, kind of funny on Anderson. I mean, I didn't really realize how they got into gun manufacturing. You you're, you're aware of their history, aren't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. They they were actually a manufacturer of just parts, were they not? Mm -hmm. They just made parts for some of the mm -hmm. industry out there. And they then, may or may not still do that, but, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They may or may not still do that. I love that <laughs> politically correctness, but, um, and then they kind of got set. If I understand their story, right. I'm not the guru of Anderson, uh, by no means. So don't quote me on this, but you know, kind of the bottom fell out of the industry quite a few years back and, and, uh, they were setting on a bunch of parts and I think a manufacturer went under or filed bankruptcy and they're setting on a bunch of parts and, uh, and, and so they decided, hey, let's start a firearm manufacturing company. And that's kind of cool how they fell into that. And it's kind of like how Ransom fell into, he had his little uh, hobby and his thing and his right. passion and fell into gun testing. So, um, but kudos to Ander Anderson Manufacturing. I love work working with those guys over there. Um, it's humbling of the people that. I deal with and talk to. Does, going back to a question earlier, does it change Ransom? No, because... We're the secret. I, I like to say sometimes we're, I don't know if I could use the word, but almost a, a bastard cousin or the secret. They don't, they don't tell you how they test their gun. They don't right. tell you they use the ransom rest. They don't advertise it. Um, and then you get the industry that just wants you to buy the latest and greatest thing. And we fall in the back next thing you know, because what are you buying? You're buying a commercial. Chuck Ransom always said, you're not buying a commercial. You're buying a product. And we want you to buy a product, not a commercial. And right. today you're just buying commercials. You're buying the latest and greatest thing. Um, and, and a lot of advertising around it, thousands and thousands of dollars around commercials to buy inexpensive products. And I, I promise you, if you look at some, I can't even, some of the stuff like even camera mounts, I'm like, you're going to pay $20 for this. I can't have somebody assemble this for $20. You know, <laughs> I mean, right. I'm going to pay yeah. a good American wage. Um, and, and they're not even going to, I can't even buy the screws, nuts and bolts. If you can't go down to the hardware store, buy the screws, nuts and bolts and put it together for that, you know, it's imported and right. you know, there's some kind of slave labor behind it. I, I can't support that kind of stuff. So I do everything I can to stay American and, and buy American, especially in the two A world. Craftsman yeah. didn't survive the onslaught since, and I'm not trying to get political, but even Clinton said, if you're not for the, for the future of America, you're for free trade with China. And since then, craftsmen didn't even so survive. I mean, our whole two-way yeah. world, I'm not going to name names, but I would just say lasers, scopes, optics, flashlights, they didn't survive. It's nope. all imported now. And, and, and they get real creative by their 
marketing. Uh, they'll call it American whatever company, American this, or, you know, they'll put a flag on the box. Well, the, you know, like the, the, the importers are, you know, the import headquarters is in America often. So they say America or, you know, or U.S., you know, or they say assembled in the U.S. Yeah, well, all, I the parts come, all the parts come from somewhere else, but it's yeah. assembled in the U.S. And it's yeah. like, eh, should yeah, we really and, be even saying it if it's, if it's just assembled? But okay. Nowadays, they can even say that they've gotten so tricky that say made in America because they designed it here. It's like oh, this is not made in America, and then the latest one made yeah. USA, USA, USA. It, there's actually a what is it? A Chinese state called USA, USA, and it's made in USA. <laughs> and so you think it says made in That's USA, but it's made in USA. It's, it, it's like whoa, they've gotten real creative, and you got to be very. I was reading an MSN article about it, saying companies have just got real creative for you yeah. to buy American products. I know of uh, uh, one company. I mean, just because you call it an American brand or something it's it's amazing how we uh yeah. buy a, a market now by countries that don't even use our fire guns they're made by people who's never even seen a gun in their life right. yeah this and is we're true. spending our money there and then people say well why would i buy twice as much why would i pay twice as much for the same or an inferior products made in america there's a quality difference once you get it in your hand there, and the phone support you call us i like true. to joke saying you don't have to press one for english you That's only because we could, don't speak any other language. I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, I right? mean, yeah. you know, yeah. we answer yeah. the phone. People go, you guys got top-notch service. You answer the phone. I had one manufacturer call and say, wow, you guys answer the phone. I don't get mean customers. I don't get people who are disgruntled. Of course, we're going to answer the phone. Uh, yeah. We have good customers, good people. We answer the phone. You call us to your business hours, the phone gets answered, period. Right. Yeah. Um, and we return yeah. your call. You send us an email, we, we send it back. Um, I got a. Uh, go I, I got a. Well, to, to your language thing, I got a. Uh, I got a comment on the video the other day that I had to run through Google Translate. I'm like, okay, what is this? It's obviously it's not English. Copy paste, run it through Google Translate, and the question was, uh, why is this? Why is there not a translation to Italian? And so I put it in the reverse. You know, you can do that in Google Translate where you can reverse it. You can type something and it'll put it in. And it was obviously it was written in Italian. But um, and I simply replied because I don't speak Italian. <laughs> it's pretty much that. So I, you know, I apologize. But, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know what to tell you. So, I, yeah. And so nothing bad against that. And it, yeah. I love working with all the manufacturers. So we do a lot of working with Turkey right now in Austria oh, and imagine. Singapore yeah. and we yeah. we ship to Israel Israel military uses us we work with all these manufacturers all around the world right but as we're wandering around shot show I hear a lot of different languages surprising I don't really hear much Mexican I hear German and French and Japanese I don't hear much Mexican they come from Arizona we hear a lot of a lot of Spanish um Spanish yeah but in in shot show we hear languages from all around the world and it's quite interesting how even our Gun manufacturers, a lot of them have stemmed towards the imports. Um, right. There's a lot of import companies out there, a lot of imported guns. They make great stuff, but you got to say how is healthy? How healthy is America right now? And I'm not trying to get on a pedestal right now, but how healthy is America when I've been our top name companies? Craftsman not around. Now go down the gun companies who are now owned or operated. It come to my decision come to my understanding the other day 
Dodge and Chevy is now owned by a Chinese old company. You know that? Did you know that? I, I didn't know that, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not trying. That, but yeah. How healthy is America right now? When you, we really got to focus back on America right now. <clears throat> and Dodge, Chevy sold over eight, ten years ago, and Dodge is sold, and now I think Ford jumped on the bandwagon. Our top three automakers are not owned by America anymore, guys. Well, it's, uh, it's all about the money nowadays. What about our gun companies? You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to name them off. I deal with these guys, but go through our gun companies and go, who who still is owned by America okay. now? It's getting sad out there, and I love our gun companies. I love our manufacturers, but we're literally one of the very few companies that have survived the storm, and we're still a ma small mom-and-pop company. Uh, we do it all here. We make it all here. The castings are casted in Phoenix. They're machined up here. I have a whole machine shop out there. It's it's nice to control that quality of that manufacturing. But when you look back and you go, and now I get it. There's a couple red dots that you're like, if I buy this one, it's almost twice as much as this one, you know, and sometimes the features aren't there, but do what we can folks do what we can to keep America strong. Um, I don't care if you don't buy a ransom rest, buy something American. You know, well, just keep America strong. So, 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 so speaking of that, you may not buy the, uh, buy the, the master series, but, yeah. but you do have the multi-cal. So let's, let's yeah. hit on that one for a few minutes because, uh, you know, you talked about how the ransom rest, uh, last a lifetime and yeah. the multi-cal should last a lifetime because it'll last a lifetime. It's, yeah. it's basically three or four blocks of solid aluminum. So it's yeah. like, it, I, and uh, I always tell people. To, that yeah, I always tell people get the clear one because if you threw it out the back of your truck, you know, out hunting or camping and it rolls out the back of your truck, even at 60 miles an hour, stop, pull over, go get it. It still works. You know, uh, I mean, yeah. and I get the clear one because you can kick it down the shooting range. You're not worried about the scratches, nicks and dings, pick it up, put it back on the tripod, use it. And going back to clamping guns on the tripod, I had that in my head when I designed the multi-cal. The multi-cal goes to the tripod. You can rest your rifle there. And it does what it's allowed to do. It's free yeah. and it's open. Yeah. And so you can zero it, you can test it. And then when you're out hunting and you have the rifle slinged around you, you can actually lift it, do your job and, and, and back down. Uh, you haven't impeded or changed the harmonics, you know, right. um, yeah, nothing true. wrong about clamping into a bipod, but unless it's our tripod, unless it's always on there, it could change your point of impact a little bit. Um, right. just a little bit. And so th what's nice about the multi-cal is it's free. It sets in there free. It does its job. And then when you're out hunting or testing, you can lean up against the tree, do whatever you need to do and get your shot off. Um, right. you're not changing the harmonics of it. And like you said, it's a lifetime purchase. It's supported. Yeah. It's actually even American aluminum. Um, oh, it's wow. Awesome. I didn't <laughs> know that even existed. So yeah, it, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and what you're talking about there for, for those that, that, that don't know, you've got, you know, go check, you know, ransomrest.com out and, and look at the, the multi-cal, but you've got, you've got your base there to the, to the, uh, rest of course. And then you've got your, a couple of, uh, I guess risers for better, better term that yep. come off of that. Uh, one where the, the firearm actually rests one that's kind of an intermediary that allows you to adjust up and down. And then you guys offer different wedges or the v notches you know yep, for that, the a, lower, yep. a lower one um so there's a couple options but what's neat is you can disassemble that it's almost like a an erector set in a way um you can just use the v block on a shooting stick or a tripod yep. it's threaded for that the the rest itself the entire rest the base of the rest which i thought was really cool is threaded 
quarter yeah. by 20. You can put it on a tripod. And so that's that's one of the things. Once I got, I know when I originally got the ransom rest uh, from you guys, or the ransom rest, the multi-cal steady rest from you guys, originally I put it on a, a like a photo tripod, like a, I don't know, a, maybe a 40 or $50 made sure. for a camera tripod. And it was okay, but it, it was kind of, it was kind of floppy and it didn't, you know, it moved more than it should. But I'm going to tell you, I got some shooting, some heavy duty shooting tripods over the last year or so. And it has rekindled my love of that multi-cal steady rest because it is rock freaking solid on those shooting tripods. So uh, just to echo what you're talking about there, um, great combination, and, and it's a great companion, I think, to your shooting tripod. If you're out there, and especially those shooting tripods aren't cheap. If you've, you know, They're way more than the ransom rest, but yeah, or, right. the, uh, or the multi-cal steady rest, I should right. say. So if you've got a really nice shooting tripod, my recommendation, pick up a multi-cal steady rest to go with it, uh, and then you're going to get, as Mike's talking about, that repeatability. And the transport and storage in an ammo can? What do you think of oh, that? Oh, I didn't even think about that, but that's, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Um, not only that, but being able to sit it on top of the ammo can to yeah. elevate it yeah. if you need to, if you're on a bench or something like that. Uh, throw you a, uh, take it out of the ammo can that you're transporting in, throw you a sandbag maybe in the ammo can yeah. just to keep the, the thing from rattling around, put the rest on top, and you're ready to go. Yep. Uh, or I always use my ammo ammo can because it's kind of heavy already but yeah the multi-cal just goes in the ammo can for transport and storage keeps it safe and protected it does, and yeah. then it works well on a on a bench so going back to why would you buy a rifle master if you're not a bench rest shooter and you just need to zero your optics or scope you want to go out, out there and shoot off a rubbermaid table in the back 40 why would you take a four or five hundred dollar rifle rest bench rest competition bench rest to the back 40 so now you get these cheaper imitation rifle rests and we get it that's that's what you would take to the back 40 but the multi-cal that's the one you would take to the back 40 put it on the rubbermaid table you know put your multi-cal up there works great with a rear sandbag and you dial in your optics off your rifle and sit there and plink your 22 or your 308 or whatever you need to do that for the day uh works great and if you get tired of setting up at the bench hunched over uh because i have found that if I'm not comfortable and in my proper shooting position, um, I, you know, I get a different uh, reaction out of the gun. So I need to be comfortable in my position. That's where the tripod comes in. Now yep. I can practice proper stance, proper sight picture, um, or proper stance with the rifle. So if the table's too low and I'm hunched over, I can actually stand up and get proper uh, comfortable. Um, that's ve very uh, important to me to be comfortable yeah. at the shooting position. But the multi-cal oh, works great with a rear sandbag, so you can take your rifle out. It, it, it does rifle, handgun, lever gun. We took it out with Skinner Sights. Uh, gun Sight Academy uses it to dial in all the red dots and optics before their class. You take a class out there, and it's an optic class. They want you to set it in the multi-cal and use it. And that's Gun Sight Academy. That, I, I don't say that lightly. That's humbling that they use it that way. And I'm, right. I'm humbled that Ken Campbell and Freddie Belish and, you know, um, that they use it. I'm just very humbled out there. Um, I'm humble when I see it mentioned in Guns and Ammo or Handgunner Magazine. I mean, it, it just came out in uh, a November, December issue, and then I think of January, February. I think there's one coming out in March, which mentions the multi-cal steady rest. 
I'm just humbled that they use it. That's, yeah. that's humbling. I don't get a big head out of it. It's just, and we don't get, you know, we just make a machine that don't break like the dozen episodes, uh, over a dozen of Mythbusters using our master series rest, spinning right. a bullet on ice, serving yeah. a bullet, um, a dozen episodes of a master series rest. I don't get no notoriety of that. Sometimes they even blocked out ransom rest, but you know, are, are right. forged in fire when they split the bullet on a sword. In fact, you go to YouTube and type it, splitting a bullet on a sword. You'll see the full forged in fire episode. And if you watch, there's a ransom rest. Boom, <laughs> shooting the gun, splitting right. the bullet, you know, and sometimes well, they don't even mention us. We're kind of like the evil stepchild of the industry. They don't want to mention us. To you that know? point, Mike, some of that you got to admit is self-inflicted because <laughs> I, your 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 website is I put the website on the side of my multi-cal steady rest uh, for you, and I told you you guys need to do that. You need to put the the big bold letters on the side of it. That way, if anybody's out there and they're using it in the video, there's your website. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, come on, step but up. We just don't have deep pockets. We don't have deep pockets. We had a. I get it. I ain't gonna say the. I ain't gonna say the channel, but we'll just call them shot. And they're talking about, you know, shooting, and it's a, it's on Discovery Channel, whatever. And they want us to give them a bunch of rest, saying, "Hey, you guys invented it. You have the best rifle rest in the world." They call me and say that, and they want us to give us all their products. Okay, great. I'm happy. I I'll work with you. I can send you some products. Uh, and $12,000. Wait, what a minute. I got to send you the products and 12,000. Well, that's minimum. They started with 14. Then they came down to like 12 or 10. It's wow. like, you don't understand how much I got to sell and make profit to be able <laughs> right. to shove off $12,000 right. off of my profit. I got American overhead here. I got American building. I got American wages. You know how much I got to sell to make 12,000 to, to give you. And, and they want to, you know, and that's what it takes to be sponsored. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I, mean, I, I, get I don't it. have yeah. that deep a pocket, so it is self-inflicted. I cannot give you twenty, thirty thousand dollars. I can't make a hundred thousand dollar commercial. I'm sorry, I just can't. And right. you think we could? But keep in mind, Craftsman didn't survive. Did Crimson oh, Trade survive? Did Schrader yeah. Knife survive? Did Old Timer Knife survive? I mean, unless you have deep pockets, so let's import it. Let's send it overseas. We'll pay cheap labor, fifty dollars a day or twenty dollars a day. We'll import it, and then I have. Hundreds of dollars to play with for advertising, you know, and then you're buying well, a commercial. What I was getting at uh, was more poking at you, poking fun at you that you need to make your on your on your products. You need to make your stickers and your labels and That's your awesome logos you bigger, yeah. or bigger, bigger on your products. And you're then, right. You know, it's harder for them to, to right. not show it. You know, um, you're right. You know, so yeah, you know, brand that's recognition all, that's all, is everything. That's all I'm saying. Brand uh, recognition is everything. You're right. You're right. You're, you're right. We get back to, like we said at the first of this, the older demographic in our community, they see that even if it's only for a couple of seconds on Mythbusters, they know what it is. Oh, they wow, know that's, it is. That's, that's a resurrect. Yeah. <laughs> the 20-year-old, 25, 30-year-old nowadays has no clue what that thing is. They have no clue that it's readily available. It's been around for years. It's trusted by everybody, including you know militaries around the world. You know They don't know all of this, and they don't know. They may see it and think, wow, that's a cool rest, but that's where it ends because yeah. like they don't know how to go look it up or be able to yeah, be able to tell. And so, it, it, I don't know. Maybe... Yeah. You're right. And it just goes by them and 
not a mention or otherwise. But saying on that too, it's not shiny, bling, and and fancy either. So yeah, we got a few minutes left, and so people always say, "What's different about your rifle rest to others?" Because it looks like everybody else's, other than we invented it, um, you know, and patented it. <laughs> right, um, those, it's just yeah. not shiny and blingy. So to talk about that, we have a diamond series rest. I haven't put it on my website yet. It's been out since probably February, March of last year. We have ran it through the gauntlet of testing. I have about a dozen of them out there by some of the industry, and they've been using it. They absolutely love it. Uh, work, working with you, man, we're going to want to put that Diamond Series rest in your hand. It has some shininess, some bling. You've been wow. doing some more rifle stuff. Uh, we should talk, and uh, yeah, I think you'd really get a get a kick out of this Diamond Series rest. It has some brass. It's shiny. It has a little more of the multi-cal fill but it's a diamond series rest front and rear windage adjustment in the rear um i think wow. you're really gonna like this diamond series it 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 has some bling to it um right. so sometimes the it doesn't have the bling doesn't have the flair and so it's not appealing where a a, a tripod's more multi-use why buy that if you're not you know and there's an article by uh guns and ammo saying i've never seen a ransom rest in a gunfight you know you have uh, that thinking <laughs> in the world because why would i buy a ransom rest when i'm not going to use it out in the real world in a gunfight and you know and they start well, yeah you don't, you don't see a shot timer either and you don't see blast gaps you don't do this in a gunfight you know but to, to say that right. it's i love the article the guy wrote and you know uh Jer well, jeremy cloth right might not have been jeremy cloth it'll come to me in a minute but it was a great article because you get that nomenclature today, or you get that, sorry, not nomenclature, but you get that thought today. Like, why would I do that? Gun's more accurate than I am. You know, you get that thought, and it's just a bad thought sometimes, you know. Yeah, but don't you want to know how accurate it is? Like, that's kind of my thing. Um, you know, knowing your, knowing your equipment. And yeah, you want to know. Missing at the range is okay. Miss all day. You go to the range to miss. You go to the range to train and learn. But missing in real life is never okay. And from right. three and a half inch, down to a one inch hole, I'm going to be an inch or two larger than that. So if I'm getting three and a half inch out of my gun, I'm going to be holding four and five. I'm not looking so good at the range. If I can right. get that thing down to a one inch hole, now I'm holding twos and threes off end. I'm looking like I can shoot. There's oh, yeah. a huge yeah. difference. Huge difference. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, so I want to switch, uh, switch gears. We're coming up to the, uh, to the end here, Mike. Uh, so uh, real quick, before we get into this segment, which, which will be fun, uh, got to say that the uh, this or that little fun segment we're going to do brought to us by uh, our friends over at Avidity Arms. So uh, if you are familiar with them, uh, man, they've been working on uh, several firearm designs for a long time. They were a uh, very small company, finally released uh, to the public, to the consumers, the little PD-10 last year, uh, a basically, you know, carry style handgun with all the attributes that uh, the uh, firearms instructor that invented it thought was important for the vast majority of people that are out there. Uh, for everybody, probably not, but the vast majority anyway. Uh, released that one in 9mm, but uh, got the 380 Super Carry. So another option for the 380 Super Carry now on the market. Uh, that's happened over just the last like month with the Vidity Arms. Uh, and we're going to have them on hopefully here before too long, uh, to talk about even some more cool stuff coming from Avidity Arms in March. So a uh, long time in the works with that company, but uh, they are now on the scene, and, and we're looking forward to what they uh, are going to be able to do uh, 
uh, moving forward. So, Mike, uh, let's have a little fun. I've got uh, I've got some questions for you here. Uh, I'm going to give you two things. You have to choose one, and uh, knowing you, you're going to tell us why you choose that. But uh, as far as um, let's say somebody's going to give you a weekend away from home, and you can choose. Alaska or Hawaii, which one do you pick? Oh, man. That, <laughs> I, I would love Hawaii. Uh, one of my machinists comes from Alaska. Boy, local. if it's a weekend away from home, I would just stay in the United States here, local. I, both are too far for me to drive or walk back, so I, I'd, I'd have to decline on both. Well, that's the whole <laughs> idea is that it's away from home. So, you know. Yeah, I, I, I would, you know, re rather go over to Texas or, you know, e anywhere. Um, but as long as I can walk or drive back, I'd be okay. I don't well, feel the, Alaska or about. Hawaii. I don't feel Alaska or Hawaii. I could walk or drive back. So I'd have right. to almost decline both, my friend. I'm sorry. That's true. Well, I don't know. Texas, Texas would be an awful long walk. That's for sure. It'd be yeah, but I drive. figure I'm still here. And yeah. um, I don't know. There's just, for me, there's this, I don't know. Maybe I don't like, I, I don't know how it's to explain it. No, I hear you. I hear I you. I don't know how to explain it other than some people are scared of closets. You know, I mean, well, I, I'm not true, scared yeah. of it. I. I'm okay. I would love to go to France. I, I'd love oh, to check well, out France. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to go to Hawaii. I'd love to go to Alaska. But the idea of being that far away from my home, my house, that I can't walk, drive, hitchhike, or otherwise get back, I'm literally so far removed from civilization. <laughs> this is true. I mean, anything can uh, can happen. And then there you, wherever you are there, uh, yeah. There you would be, I guess. So things change uh, in a blink of an eye. Call it <laughs> being prepared. Um, right. I just things change in a blink of an eye, and maybe it's a control OCD factor of mine. Um, Got to have some kind of semblance of control. It's hard enough sometimes just go to Vegas and Nevada and travel. Period. Be that far away from family and friends, um, hours and days away. Sometimes yeah. uh, that's tough. Yeah. So uh, hit you with another one here, uh, since you do have both the rifle and the uh, and the handgun rest. Uh, which one do you enjoy shooting more, uh, rifles or handguns? Oh boy, I love them both, but I do enjoy the handgun. Uh, handgun, yeah, it, it's a skill, it's a talent. It takes a little more talent and skill. Um, smaller, compact form. That's the one that's on you all the time. Uh, that's your fallback plan. Uh, it's handguns. It, I, I really enjoy the handguns, and I love the training. That goes behind it, and if you haven't got good training, go buy a handgun, get some training. Um, I hate to say it, but when are you going to gun site? Uh, get some good reputable training from an NRA instructor or uh, even a gun site instructor. And you know, I know gun site costs a little bit to go down there with, but boy, the the training from those who have been there and known, like uh, Pat Rogers Memorial AFR uh, American Fighting Revolver. To get training from ex-police and sheriff that have been there, that in gunfights back in the day when they were only carrying their revolver and maybe two, you know, 12 more rounds, and they're expected to get in the gunfight today and bring a gun back and a perp back, uh, those are the ones who really know what they're doing, not right. the ones who just blow, you know, high-capacity magazines. And it's good to get <laughs> right. good training. Yeah. Um so if someone was going to sign over a title to you, just give you one of these, which would you rather have, a modern luxury car 
uh, and I'm thinking Bentley Rolls, so forth, so on. Modern luxury car or um, 60s, 70s muscle car. Uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, boy, I love the old vintage. You know, you don't right. make it yeah. like they used to. They but to be like honest with you, the modern day motors and capacity. Would you rather drive across the fort? Drive across the desert. It was said to me once. Would you rather drive across the desert in a 1968 Cadillac? You know, with a huge V8 engine or you know, a modern day Chevy Caprice or whatever, you'd almost rather have the modern day Chevy for the simple fact, the computers, the AC, it, it's, it's going to hold up. It's going to be way more luxury for you. Um, yeah. And there's probably some truth to that. If you're asking me, I'd still go the historic ride. I love the gas, the carburetor, the sound of it. The sound. Let's go yeah. the vintage. The Heck feel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I drive an old 1978 Ford. I have a 1966 Chevy pickup. I love oh, wow. the old carbureted. Um, you know, I work on them. I keep them going. Yeah. There's just something about the old hard metal. Can't go wrong. Well, they're, they're, they're easy to work on, you know. But like you said, I, I do agree with what you said. There's something about modern. There's a, there's a luxury um, and everything in modern and, and having the computers. Hey, I got a 390 like Cobra Jet in my F-150 high oh, wow. you know. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a 390. I love the thing, but to be honest with you, if you look at the specs from the 70s, the F F series, and, and you look at modern day engines, they they really don't compare. People always say, well, they don't build them like they used to. That's right. But if you look at the specs, the modern day V8 has way more pulling power, horsepower, right. torque. It really does. I hate to say it, but it does. We're lying to ourselves. Um, to think otherwise. I mean, they don't build them like they used to. And I love my old 70s. I love my old 66 oh. Chevy. I, I absolutely love it. Um, I, think that, I think that, you know, I've seen I've seen some issues where, you know, and I think a lot of why people say that is, is it goes into, and this is where my brain goes anyway when people say that, um, especially with vehicles, is you look at a modern something, and I've seen this over and over and over in my lifetime, where people get stranded on the side of the road because of a five dollar sensor that yeah. they can't that they can't get even in any parts store. They you know you go down like the local auto zone doesn't even carry it. It has to come from the dealership or some weird right. something. Right. However, with an old one, what are you going to break a belt and you yeah. can go to the the, the tractor supply? down the road or something and get that belt like it's yeah. you know so you know i think that the, the reliability or the the ease of repair in the event something fails on the old stuff yes the old stuff gets the check i think the issue with modern stuff is things fell seem to fell a lot less with the modern stuff the modern stuff it, does seem to be fairly reliable which is a good thing considering that a lot of the parts you can't get immediately <laughs> they better be reliable it's mechanical by design. Our, our Mega 2 rifle tester, we we did a lot of various, you know, techniques for the recoil absorption. And at the end of the day, sometimes the simplest uh, simplest answer is the answer. Simplest form is the answer. That won't break in dirt, dust, debris. Same same with the Master Series rest. It's mechanical for a reason. Until they until they make robots affordable to shoot your gun, um, you know, you 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 just can't go wrong with the mechanicalness of it and you know, I, I'm an old gearhead, so I love the old 60s Chevy because, like you said, I could pop the hood and 
get to the starter and the alternator pretty quickly. Um, I think back in the day, you could probably pull your belt off and wrap it around there and keep on going, you know. Um, yeah, you just can't go wrong. So I, I, I'm, I'm an old school by heart. That's why we answer the phone. That's why we return old emails. We're, we're old school. We really are. We're, we're an old school company. Um, we like the old school feel. Um, it just is. Uh, but I, I recognize the new technology, recognize what it can do for us. I recognize how it hinders us too. There's pluses and negatives with everything. Uh, we didn't even get really to, to SHOT Show too much, maybe on another one. But uh, I know you guys did some videos, did some interviews there. Uh, if people want to check out those, if they want to check out the products, if they want to follow what Ransom is doing, uh, where are all the places that they can do that? Yeah, just RansomRest.com. We're on YouTube and RansomRest. We're on Facebook. Hey, I just got onto TikTok. And I, I think it was until 2016 I got onto Facebook. Um, mainly for advertising and social media. I guess if you're not on there, you're nobody. Um, Instagram, I had to get on Instagram. So we're under Ransom Rest on Instagram or Ransom International. Um, check out our YouTube channel, mainly comprised of just reasonable testing, how to use the Ransom Rest, and what you can reasonably expect out of your handguns. Please like and follow us. Um, it's surprising how far we reach, but how few people know we're even on social media these days because Right. A lot of the old school that we deal with, just they're not social media buffs. So we got on there to be able to advertise and show you guys what you can reasonably expect out of your handgun. So please like and follow us on those platforms. Um, send us some questions. We'll answer them. Um, we'll try to get to the gun that you need tested. We're here to help. We just really are. And give us a call. Give us an email. Thank you so much. You bet, and I think working, you know, the social media angles and the YouTubes and all of that, I think, uh, I think are going to help you uh, kind of get out to a little bit younger crowd and 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 yeah. bring, the, bring the company honestly and the products into the into the future, which is nice. Um, always a pleasure, Mike. Um, hang tight. I'm going to close this one out. And well, uh, and then I I'll hope get... I wasn't boring. I hope I didn't talk too much. I really <laughs> hope to get with you again. I hope we do this again, sir. And uh, like you said, there was a lot we didn't cover. I wish we could have talked more about shot show and stuff. And I really enjoyed seeing you over there and hanging out with you. And uh, yeah, yeah, I fun. appreciate one, one more thing. I appreciate yeah. you using our product and mentioning ransom rest to uh, people. Cause like you said, I, I don't have those deep pockets to pay. So you really are doing this out of the blessing of your heart. We appreciate that and support you. Um, I, I wish I could support you more. Just thank you for your love and your love to us. And I well, just it, it is, it is reciprocal and it's, it's, you know, I say this all the time when working with companies and working with products, um, you know, there are people out there that whether they get paid or not, uh, will put out content on products that are absolutely horrible just for the sake of getting exposure or getting clicks or getting money or whatever it is. And, you know, I am blessed enough to be a little bit picky most of the time. And especially when it comes to that multicast Teddy risk, um, you know, if it was not something that I use all the time, something I believe in, something I love, um, you know, it, it probably wouldn't be on the channel. So just for the simple fact that I'm I'm doing things with it and working with it right there says that it is definitely something that I believe in. And, and, and that is what has always grow, grown Ransom Rest since the 60s, yeah. the grassroots, the word of mouth. Yep. So we appreciate you using us. Uh, I can't say thank you enough, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, and, no, you uh, bet. Bless you your bet. followers and your people, and 
You guys have a great day. Thanks, yeah. boss. Uh, hang tight and uh, Mike, and let me uh, get this boom off of Mike back onto me for just a second to tell everybody out there bye for those that were live the uh, YouTube channel members. Uh, thanks for thanks for jumping in. Thanks for joining. We had a comment or two out there and and a question or two, and that's what it's all about. Uh, if you want to jump in and check out these and and catch all the live shenanigans that tend to happen from audio issues to video issues and whatever else that might go on and be able to ask questions of our guests and consider becoming obviously uh, a channel member. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. I think we will uh, see you on the uh, next one. Bye. Thanks for hanging out on another episode of the Clover Tap Podcast. For all our other projects and ways you can support the channel, take a minute to visit CloverTag.com. Consider becoming a YouTube channel member so you can catch these podcasts live and interact with our guests. See you on the next one.